Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rob's Rogues. If you are watching this and uh, for the audio people, this is also getting done for Robin. Everyone loves the Drake uh, comic podcast. Um, uh, Terrence had a cool idea to do a quick reaction for the podcast um, after seeing Batman versus Superman. So myself and Terrence, and we're having a special guest um, on Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. And we're all going to be recording our little um, blurbs, if you will, right before the podcast starts of our initial reaction after having seen Batman versus Superman. So I thought I would do double duty here and also do it for the YouTube page as well. And uh, I got to say right off the bat, I liked it. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, I'm going to be seeing it again on Saturday. So it's it's one of those movies that you've probably heard a couple times. It's really dense. And before I go any farther, this is spoiler-free. The heading says spoiler-free. So I'm not going to be uh, really talking much about it. If you're listening to this for the Everyone Loves a Drake podcast, it's going to be uh, spoiler-filled uh, because enough time is going to have gone by by the time the episode is uploaded. I think we're actually recording on... I think Sunday evening, um, if if everything lines up properly, and it'll be released sometime after that. Anyway, um, it, contrary to uh, the reports from uh, what the critics are saying and everything like that, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I heard somebody say, um, I think it might have been uh, Automatica herself, is saying this isn't one of those where you come out of the film and go, oh my gosh, woohoo! You know, it's it, it's not that type of film, but I came out of it going, that was great. Um, and I will uh, say this, it's been said uh, plenty of times, I think that uh, we have just seen the definitive Batman and Bruce Wayne in Ben Affleck. Batman did everything that I wanted Batman to do. Uh, it, and it's been said before, Wonder Woman is uh, fantastic. Um, uh, the little nuggets and Easter eggs for uh, everything else is really cool. Superman looks great. Um, I've heard some people say that the the it seemed kind of choppy or that there was um, some hiccups in the storytelling. I saw none of that uh, could follow along very well. Uh, there was a lot to go through uh, in this movie. Uh, you have to set up who Bat this new Batman is in this universe. And I thought they did it very, very well. Uh, the reviews that it's getting from the critics um, I don't, I don't see where, where the problem is uh, with that. Um, it, the enjoyment of a fan getting to see things like the Batmobile and the Batcave. Um, and then just Superman being Superman and, um, it, you know, talking about a movie after having just come out of it and it's, uh, almost one o'clock right now. So I'm kind of tired and I'm telling myself, you know, don't say too much. Um, it, this, this is something you have to see, uh, I mean, it's no spoiler. We've we've seen the, the Trinity in the trailer. And for people that have said, well, I've already seen the trailer. I've seen the whole movie. I know the act structure. No, you do not. Uh, there were beats in that trailer that I thought, okay, it's going to happen here. And it didn't happen there. Or this thing happened. 
<laughs> I'm really trying to quote uh, what I'm saying. Uh, the biggest takeaway for me was, um, I'm trying to say this in the right way. It's not the film I thought I was getting, but I got something better than what I I had in my head, if if that makes sense. And it, it's one of those. This is this has been a three year journey to this film, but for somebody like myself that has played with my Batman and Superman action figures since I was six years old. And the only interaction of a Batman and Superman came from, you know, Saturday morning super, uh, super friends, uh, cartoons, or you know, the superpowers, those action figures, and then maybe getting into the Batman and Superman animated series and seeing a crossover in there or DC direct movies. The closest we ever came to Batman and Superman existing in any type of universe was, were the, uh, was Batman Forever and Batman and Robin hearing the name mentioned Metropolis and hearing uh, Superman's name mentioned in Batman and Robin, where uh, Batman says, this is why Superman works alone. That's as close as we ever got um, this for me being a DC fan. This is a dream come true. Seeing the groundwork being laid for the justice league. Um, the movie went places that I wasn't expecting it to go. It pulled at the heartstrings at the right places. That's my quick, uh, overview of the movie of whether I liked it or not. Yes. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, tonight's Thursday. Well, actually right now today is Friday. I'll be seeing the movie with a good friend of mine on Saturday. And I really can't wait, uh, now that I've seen it once to kind of really start taking in things. Cause there's some things that just go by so quick. Um, I thought the storytelling was really good. Chris Terrio had a really good script. Um, and uh, Zack Snyder, I, I think this is one of his, uh, visually, it just looked really, really good. So I don't know if the critics saw a different movie than I did. And sometimes just critics being critics. But um, I think the DC fans are going to speak loud and clear in this. And I, I for one, really enjoy it. So uh, thanks for watching this quick reaction video. And if you're listening to Robin, everyone loves the Drake. Um, you're going to hear one of the other guys uh, chime in right after that. And the three of us are going to be getting together to uh, talk more spoilerish about this. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next Rob's Rogues uh, video. Take care. Bye. Boys, mm. Bruce Wayne meets Clark Kent. I love it. I love bringing people together. How are we? Lex. Hi. Hello. Lex, it is a pleasure. Ow. Wow. That is a good grip. You should not pick a fight with this person. All right. So it's time for a quick initial reaction to Batman v Superman. I'm going to time myself here so I don't go too long. And um, my my initial reaction is I, I want to see it two or maybe three more times before I make my final opinion on the movie. I went and saw it with my two stepdaughters who one is 10, about to turn 11, one is 14, about to turn 15, and one of my friends from work. And uh, our initial reaction was it wasn't bad, but we kind of wanted more. We were kind of disappointed. I think, I don't know, after seeing Star Wars, um, you know, the new Star Wars and, and the, how much fun that was and some of the Marvel movies, it just... It just seemed like the Batman v Superman just, 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 just missed. Um, I think this is one that I will get on Blu-ray and then probably fast forward a bunch of parts and then play some other parts over and over again, like uh, that I really like. Um, and I think the 
our big thing is, and this is going to be spoilers since I saw Rob's video already, and by the time this is on um, the podcast, it'll definitely be, you know, spoiler city. Um, but I won't go too heavily spoiler. But just basically, it just... It, the movie just really, really dragged in a lot of places, I felt. And I, as a comic book fan, uh, I really liked some stuff, but I was li- watching it going, you know, I really like this, but I don't know if the average fan is going to like this. I don't know if, you know, somebody who ha- hasn't read every <laughs> Batman comic from the 1990s is going to really appreciate this. But I do appreciate Zack Snyder's level of detail. Um but there was, I just felt there was a lot of stuff that just could have, might have been cut or trimmed, um, that dragged the movie down. I was very disappointed that we didn't get to see a lot of Superman in action saving people. Um, there's a lot of slow motion, a lot of just quick, you know, oh, here he is putting the rocket down or he, you know, he's holding the girl out of the fire, but I, I wanted to see him actually rescue the girl from the fire. Um, there, there was some pretty awesome scenes like when he saved Lois Lane um as far as Batman goes I the only knock I have on the Batman is there should have been more uh just because it was so awesome I I, anyone who had an issue with Ben Affleck as Batman I I don't know what you were thinking he was phenomenal the training montage was awesome him getting ready everything with Batman was awesome wish there would have been a little more Alfred um Wonder Woman well again totally awesome um thought Everything, especially when she was in her costume, was just fantastic. Just not enough of it. Um, my kids, you could tell, like, maybe the first hour of the movie, they were they were getting bored. They were getting very fidgety in their seats, just kind of trying to stay awake. Um, and I, we were just like, come on, let's just get to the fight. Let's just get to the fight. Uh, but the fight scene with Batman was tremendous. The Doomsday was tremendous. Love the ending. I could see myself getting the Blu-ray and just flip into the ending a lot um did not see it coming but i did wonder with doomsday fighting superman would they be as faithful to the original version of doomsday um very interesting i wish there would have been more aquaman cyborg and flash just not enough especially aquaman i i um but good things to come. I think some of the feel that I was hoping for the movie, um, we'll get in suicide squad, more of that fun action packed feel. Um, at least I hope, I think some of the really great lines in this movie and moments were kind of spoiled a little bit for me from the trailers and the previews. Uh, I would have loved to have not, not have seen that party, anything with the party scene beforehand. Um, but um really liked at the end i stayed all the way to the end and there was no scene at the end which sucks but um i really liked how there was a th- special thanks to and there was all the list of all these different comic book creators um and it was starting with like frank miller and dan jurgens and, and that was pretty awesome um seeing a mother box on the screen was oh my gosh i i can't i yelled out I'm like that's a mother box and my friend was like yeah i know shh quiet <laughs> but um so overall, I want to see it again. I want to see it more than once. Um, felt like there was just some stuff. Like the whole thing with Lois Lane and the bullet, I, that was just un- totally unnecessary. It just kind of dragged things out a bit, um, meaning that senator and all that. Just we, we didn't need that. You know, showing Lois Lane as a reporter in the beginning, um, 
showed, you know, she's pretty badass to go to this, you know, desert and sit down face to face with terrorists. Um, I didn't really need the bullet to prove that she's a great journalist. And then that whole bullet scene for what? So she finds out Lex Luthor is a bad guy. Well, she finds that out when he kidnaps her and brings her to the top of the building. Um, you know, maybe that scene with his mom, I, I don't know, that could have been cut out. The whole scene with Lex and tapping his fingers and talking to the senator, that that's where it was just kind of dragging out. We didn't need that. We didn't need the whole thing with the picture upside down and stuff. Maybe somebody got like, wow, that was amazing symbolism. But I don't know. I, I just didn't need that. I needed to get to the fight already. Um, but overall, visually stunning. The beginning with the leaves and the death of um, Batman's parents. Oh, my gosh. That was great. And Thomas Wayne, like, making a fist and getting ready to fight. That was like, that was so great. And it makes me think, aha, what could they tie it into Flashpoint? Could we see the Thomas Wayne Batman Flashpoint at some uh, point? Oh, man, if I see Batman with that red circle on his thing, I'll just totally flip out. But um, I, I like that it stayed true to that version, even if we never see the Flashpoint Thomas Wayne, the fact that like this guy's got a gun and he's making a fist ready to take him on was, was pretty awesome. The pearls going in the sewer right out of like Damian Wayne finding them later on and everything. That was just, oh, that was awesome. Um, and so hopefully, I'm I'm hoping this does really well so that the DC Cinematic Universe will continue. At least we know Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman are, are in the banks uh, and there's no, those are not going to be canceled. But I just wonder, is this movie going to appeal to a broad fan base like the way Star Wars did or the way the Avengers did? And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of worried. So um, anyway, my time's up. I'll talk to Rob, I guess, on the podcast. All right, thanks. Bye. That's how it starts. The fever. The rage. The feeling of powerlessness. The turns, good man. Cruel. Well, it's 8.53 p.m. I just finished my IMAX screening of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice in IMAX 3D. Um... I don't really know what to say. It was overall, I think I I think I really enjoyed it. A lot of things happened that I wasn't expecting in both good ways and bad ways. Um but my takeaway is that this Batman is amazing. I really enjoyed the the portrayal. Lex Luthor was just as quirky and crazy as I thought he would be, but as a complete picture in the film, I thought it worked. I liked it. Uh, the ending is going to be very interesting um, to talk about in the podcasts. Um, the connection they made, the, the way the fight between Batman and Superman ended it really did choke me up. I, I nearly came to tears. I thought that was a great, great way to do that. Um, it's just one of those things. I feel like I want to buy another ticket for the 10 o'clock show right away so I can go right back and see it again because my mind's been blown and I don't know if I really liked it or if I thought it was just okay. My gut tells me, my gut reaction was that this was a good movie. It was a complex movie. It's something that I need to watch a few more times to let really form a true opinion about it. So that's where I'm going to leave it for now. Tell me. 
Alright, those were our three reactions after having just come out of Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. And I guess there's only one thing left to say. Welcome to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake, and welcome to the show. You don't like the Drake? I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. Welcome to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast Special Edition of Warner Brothers and DC Comics Entertainment's theatrical release of Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. So sit back, relax, and find out what we think about Batman vs. Superman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. And, of course, Batman versus Superman. Uh, this is going to be our special edition of the show. Um, originally, we were going to throw, take a little break from uh, the Dark Knight saga that we were going through. And look at a couple showcase issues, and then this little tiny movie dropped that I'm sure nobody took the time to watch. With that, we decided to kind of scrap the showcase, and um, we'll, we will get to that, but I think we're going to have plenty to talk about tonight. Uh, with me, as, as always, is my co-host, Terrence. How are you doing tonight, sir? Pretty good, Rob. And just to uh, clarify, we're going through the Nightfall saga, not the Dark Knight saga. But that's okay. I know you're getting old, and oh, it's, yeah. it, all these things run together. But and I, I could have let it go, but you know, I had to be a jerk and bring it up. I, yeah, I, you wouldn't be my Mark Bernard for nothing. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, uh, Hey, it's good to talk to you. Um, and uh, I'll just say this: like uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, uh, you Robin sent me a text and said, "Hey, do you see we we got a, a shout out on Twitter? Someone's uh you know listening." And I was like, "Oh no, let me take a look." And then yeah, you know, I'll set you up for our our guest here, Ryan. And I was like, "Oh wow." Because not only was it like nice what he said, but he's from um, a website and a podcast that I absolutely love, and that's the Batman on Film podcast. And I just listened; they did a, uh, I guess you'd call it like a, a, a retrospective of the Dark Knight, uh, which was really awesome. And I just listened to that, so it was pretty cool to um, to see that. So I'll, I'll send that to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is going to sound like I'm reading it off his Twitter feed, and I'm not, and that's air quotes. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Uh, with us from uh, Batman on Film and a visual effects uh, artist in the gaming industry, webmaster of Super Mario Brothers, the movie archive. See, I have that all memorized. No, I'm just reading <laughs> oh, <that's> it. Amazing. <laughs> 
and contributor to Batman on film. And again, uh, just not blowing smoke. I've, I've been following Batman on film for when it was just a website and going, oh, cool, look, there's this website dedicated to, you know, the Batman movies. How cool. Then it grew, grew into a, a podcast, and I have heard your voice, uh, Ryan, on the podcast. And then, like Terrence said, we got this tweet, and I was like, hey, Terrence, check this out. So you had some really cool things. So uh, please give a warm welcome to Ryan Haas. How are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, doing good. Yeah, it's – uh, I – Got to say, I really like this podcast, guys. It's such a cool idea to go through Tim Drake's history like this because a lot of people like Tim Drake, and I always feel like he never gets the love he deserves, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's cool to see you guys highlighting him, especially, you know, because you don't – right now in the comics, in uh, we don't really get a whole lot of what I would consider good prime <laughs> Tim Drake, you know, quality time, I would right. say. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, that's uh, – the, one of the first things I did for Batman on film was uh, review the Robin monthly. I, I think I started, oh gosh, I started writing reviews for that series in like 2006, and I wrote and I did. It was in the one. It was when one year later started. Okay. And so I did that issue all the way to the end. So. That's yeah. uh, that's one of my cool. uh, favorite. I mean, I, I like the whole series, but the one year later, yeah. I really felt like. Uh, Tim was being written very, very well and very oh, yeah. consistent. And uh, um, one of my favorites, you know, uh, being uh, the search for a hero, that that final arc before mm. he becomes Red Robin, I mm-hmm. thought was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And Red Robin's really grown on me. That that whole series is a nice, nice encapsulated, good, solid series. And and that, when one year later started, I just thought that was really cool because. I, for me, that was a jumping. I didn't really read this series up until then. It was just piecemeal, you know, when mm-hmm. like a Nightfall or whatever, you know. But one year later, I consistently got the title, reviewed it for Batman on film, and it had a really good like. I kept thinking this is like um this is like DC Spider Man, you know, like yeah. he's a young kid and has these issues and stuff, but he's being here at the same time, and yeah, it was just a really well put together series from that point. So uh, something I always thought was kind of funny, as you know, we're kind of going through Tim's you know, story is in the early days of going, how are they possibly going to do a Robin comic without really Batman there? And by the time it ends, you can look back at it and go, that was really good. It, not that he didn't need Batman. Batman was definitely certainly there. And by the time he's read Robin, you kind of felt like you went through junior high and high school with Tim and he graduated and was out on his own. So I'm off to go back to those old reviews and uh, uh, check those out. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the main reason I, you know, I don't remember who retweeted it or something. I just was on my Twitter feed and saw somebody retweet one of your guys' latest episodes. I'm like, holy crap! There's a podcast that <laughs> had nothing but Rob, Tim Drake Robin. This is amazing. <laughs> and of course, the Seinfeld intro. That's I love Seinfeld too. So it's it's all good stuff. That was one of those I kept uh, when Terrence and I were on another podcast and we uh, kind of broke away from and I had the idea of doing this and trying to figure what was I going to call it. And the original idea was going to be called <laughs> iRobin. And I sent the idea. I thought, oh, that sounds pretty cool. You know, iPhone and trying to be all hip. And Dustin, the webmaster, was like, no, I hate it. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I happened to be at home watching Seinfeld, and that episode came on. And I thought, oh, so that's hilarious. So I got my DVDs out and, you know, ripped the audio from that. And um, so that's that's where the name came from. So that's <laughs> that amazing. was just 
dumb luck that that episode happened to be on that night, and I sent it to Dustin, and he was like, that's creative. Now try and come up with an email address for that. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So since this is Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, that is about all of the Drake you're going to get for this evening. Um, Other than uh, we were going to talk about Rebirth a little bit. Um, I did tweet some stuff out that Tim will be back in his classic Robin costume, uh, now sporting a double R on his chest. Um, So that'll be pretty cool, but there's not much that we know about that. So we're going to get into our main feature topic here is Batman versus Superman. And like you heard at the very beginning of the show, where all of our initial reactions after having uh, seen the movie, and uh, I've not listened to the two guys, a little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, I haven't listened to Terrence's, listened to Ryan's really quick, and I kind of had forgotten what he had said until I started listening to the most recent uh, Batman on Film podcast. I think it's entitled mm. Batfleck. And then I was like, oh, I should stop this. So I go in, go in cold. So I kind of know where you are a little bit. So um, I kind of wanted to go through uh, where you guys were leading up to uh, the release of the movie. Did you guys go... You know, completely dark on the internet, didn't see anything. Um, kind of what was your, you know, how early were you offline if you were offline at all? And then leading up to the actual day that you saw the movie, um, did you read anything, hear anything, or did you go in cold to it? So uh, we'll go over to you, Terrence. Yeah, you know, I'd seen the trailers and I had seen like the Super Bowl ads and, and some of the ads and I'd seen uh, a little bit of the, the, the pictures of like uh, the Omega symbol and the the nightmare, um, but a, about a week up to it, I guess some early reviews had come out, and I really tried to avoid them. I was getting the sort of the sense a little bit on the internet that the reviews were pretty mixed. Um, some people loved it, some people hated it, some people were in the middle. Um, but um, I really tried to avoid anything. In, in any more detail, any interviews, anything like that, um, until I saw it on uh, Friday morning. What about you, Ryan? Well, it's it's kind of interesting because you know I've been doing the uh, joining in on the Batman on Film podcast, and so every week we would have some a whole lot of news and things to talk about. But at a certain point, you know, Bill was going to be able to see the movie ahead of time at the press events and stuff like that, and then a few days after that were the fan events, and so I knew that. You know, after those fan events, you know, it's going to be really tough to avoid spoilers. And I already knew that I had seen people say that they had been spoiled and people were tweeting out pictures of things that happened at the end of the film and things like that. And I'm like, okay, this is a really good time to not be on Twitter because I got spoiled on some uh, Star Wars Force Awakens things. Same here. I really, yeah, yeah, days before the movie came out and I was really pissed. And so I really didn't want that to happen again for a movie I've been waiting for three years to see. Um, so, and then, you know, we, uh, we're not going to do a Batman on film podcast that week because we didn't want to talk about it until after we'd all seen the film. So it was a good excuse for me to really go cold turkey, stay off Twitter. Um, and then I stopped, you know, I, I knew that they had started releasing new TV spots and there were new articles and, uh, new things like that. And I was like, nope, don't need it. I can wait until the movie comes out. Um, but I did pop on Twitter briefly because I and start just so I could see kind of what the critical reception was, and I was like so worried because at first when the uh, fan events and press events started, you know, I said this on the BOF podcast last week, the the initial reactions just seemed really positive and really good, and I was like, oh, this is great. But then uh, 
as the actual written review started to come out, it was like plummeting, like so negative, and I was really worried. And the the only review I read before I saw the film was uh, Bill's from BOF, and and I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know. And I, I, Bill was asking me, he's like, did you? Are you still cold? And I'm like, yeah, but I did you read any reviews? And I was like, yeah, I only read one review and it was yours. And he's like, don't let me, don't let me affect your viewing. So I was like, no, it's okay. So I, uh, I own, I wasn't spoiled going into the movie. I had only read Bill's review, and so I really tried really, really hard to go in fresh. But uh, I couldn't help but this nagging feeling, you know, at the back of my head that was like, the critical reception is so bad. Like, what did they do that? screwed this movie up like i was like honestly a little de- depressed going in i wasn't as excited as i should or could have been because i was like what am i walking into so i tried my best to not feel like that when i saw the movie so uh, i think that's pretty much my reaction leading up to it i have a, uh, a youtube reviewing community of about five guys that we were messaging daily back and forth so it was kind of like okay i i don't want to hear anything we Let's not be spoiled. Like you said, we've been waiting three years for this. And uh, a friend of mine, she put a message. She's like, the critic reviews are coming in, and they're not good. And I, I felt like I just looked out my window, and somebody ran over my dog, <laughs> you know, uh, having the wind taken out of your sail. And I didn't read any, and then it, she just kept posting, like, and there's another one, and there's another one, and there's another one. I'm like, two days ago... Uh, fan reviews were, you know, through the roof. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread mm-hmm. and angels are singing in the streets, you know, all that type of stuff. So going into uh, the theater on that Thursday night, my wife's like, are you so excited? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> this is great. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, it, it, it's fine. It's nothing. And I kept sitting there going, all right, I've heard it's choppy. It's pacing. You know, the first credit, the title sequence is horrible. And, you know, by the time the movie ends, I felt like I didn't get to enjoy it the way I wanted to because I broke my dark thing. Like, I, ju- I just want to see what the critics are saying. Like, I felt like I needed that pat on the back. Like, you did good, son. So I let some of those things, you know, sour an experience that I probably could have had otherwise. And I know everything's like instant uh, gratification is the wrong word, but like it, Instant knowledge, right, at, the, at your fingertips, which is really good to be able to get a hold of somebody. But once the reviews and things started coming out, it was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. So, Hey, and, and Rob, I say this, and it's um, – I guess this goes without saying this is a spoiler podcast. So yes. if you haven't seen the movie, don't listen <laughs> to us But I'm gonna because I'm going to spoil something big time. The ending uh, with uh, the death of Superman, I did not – that was not spoiled for me. I did not know that that was coming. Now, just being I a heard, fan of the I, comics, I, I heard had, that that's what was oh, being spoiled too, like images of that. Oh, really? Yeah, I so heard the same had thing. Had you guys had had seen that already and knew it was coming, or no? No, I had no clue. Thank no. God. Um, I had a. Um, I've listened to enough podcasts. I'm trying to remember if I don't give credit where credits due. Um, it may have been a TBU podcast, but they had said. It's like with Bane being in The Dark Knight Rises, you knew uh, a back was going to get broken over a knee. If Doomsday is in the movie, that's his thing that he's noted for. So it didn't surprise me. I thought, well, they're 
they're probably not going to do it. We've got a Justice League movie coming up, for crying out loud. What's the marketing going to look like for that? You're not going to have Superman in the front of the, you know, banner. So as the fight started going on, I thought, they're really going to go down this road. I, I, I was surprised, but wasn't. But I was not spoiled going into it. It wasn't like you know, checking uh, Instagram on the opening night of Star Wars, and the first line I read is Han Solo's dead. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, yeah. and for that me was... it was like, for me it was like, uh, Han Solo's dead, here's an animated GIF of it, and I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> I didn't get a GIF. I just, Oof. that that type of stuff I just, I don't get. So, um, it's just kind of hard to, to know where to delve in. Since this is Robin, everyone loves the Drake. Since, Tim is not here, and there's not a Robin, quote-unquote. We'll talk about that at some point. Uh, let's go to the next best thing. Let's just kind of start going down through um, the uh, the cast. But before I do that, uh, how many times have you guys uh, seen uh, the film to this point? Um, I've seen it twice myself. I'm planning going at least one more time. Uh, Terrence? I've seen it once. Uh, I really want to see it again. And do you want to do... Um like just an overall impression first before yeah. we jump into the other stuff. Okay, yeah, that. yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll say that again in case you need to edit. Yeah. Um, I've seen it once. I've want I wanted to see it one more time before we did this podcast, just through scheduling and everything. I didn't get a chance to, um, but I saw it once in 2D. I really want to see it again in the IMAX 3D format. Cool, uh, Ryan. Uh, one really last point about the reviews. It's funny because like, you know, my mom doesn't really keep up with. The superhero stuff, you know, but she knows, like, I'm excited about Batman stuff and everything like that. But even she was, like, calling me, asking me, oh, did you see the movie? What did you think? She's like, I heard it got really bad reviews. The TV's saying it got really bad reviews. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's reaching her, too. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make her see it. I'm going to make her and my dad come fly out here and see it. But uh, so far, I have seen the film three times. I saw it on uh, the Thursday night um, in IMAX 3D. I had my uh, Warner Brothers ball cap all ready to go. I even posted a picture on Twitter. I was so excited I found one of those things, uh, you know, from the Batman 89. <laughs> <VHS>. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The Daffy Duck thing where he's like, you need a mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. Yep, yep. So I was so happy to do that. So I saw IMAX 3D on Thursday, and I saw it in IMAX 2D on Friday. And then I saw it again on Sunday in D-Box because the theater I've got down here has all these crazy formats. And so I was like, okay, I've seen it in IMAX twice, and they have this D-Box thing, so I'm, t- I'm just going to do that, um, which is fun. You know what? Have you guys heard of D-Box? No, I was just going to say for people like myself that don't know what D-Box is, please so, elaborate. <laughs> yeah, so D-Box, it basically turns the movie into a giant roller coaster, and it's just these like – Are you kidding vib- me? <laughs> yeah, it's vibrating seat. It's, at first, I thought it was just like a vibrating seat, with, with uh, but it also vibrates and moves. So, you know, they before the film starts, they had this, this little demo of it, and it's like a race car driver. So as he like does the turns right and left and uh, stops and everything like that, the seats actually move with the movements. And it has some really kind of cool vibration uh, things going on. So like um, – Oh, and you can do adjust the intensity too. So it really made like certain action scenes, like uh, the beginning of the film with Metropolis or the or the F- Batman vs Superman fight, of course, and then the Batmobile chase was really cool in this format because the the rumble would actually, or if there were gunshots, it would have like a quick you know rumble, or if it was like a slow like motorcycle or car revving up, it would like really 
be in tune with a lot of the sound effects. Uh, and you would feel the punches and it would move around and stuff. So a lot of those scenes would feel a lot like a, like a roller coaster almost. And so it was actually, uh, a lot more immersive than I thought it would be. I thought it would be kind of gimmicky. Uh, and it is a gimmick, but it was surprisingly well implemented in my opinion. And it, I, I shouldn't be surprised because I'm a, you know, I'm a game developer and, uh, I love rumble on controllers and stuff. So, uh, this was a really, a really cool way to, to see a movie. I wouldn't recommend seeing it that way first, but again, it was like one of those cool, like, I've seen it on IMAX a couple of times, I'm going to do this other cool thing and see, you know, if it's any good or not, and it was it was surprisingly fun. Very cool. Um, yeah. I've I've seen it, uh, like I said, twice myself. Um, I, I wanted to say that I really enjoyed it uh, the first time, but I think it was that whole, you know, I spent the whole movie going, Okay, is this where it goes off track? No, no, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed yeah. that. Is this where it goes off track? No, 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 I enjoyed that part. You know, so I kind of it was that whole, you know, reaction the whole entire th- way through. And we get out, and my wife's like, "That was really great. I loved it." You know, well, what'd you think? And I'm like, "I, it was, it was good. I, I, I enjoyed it." So by the time we saw it with one of my best friends um, on Saturday, then I was just like, "I've already been on the ride. I, I, I know what to expect." Then I came out of it going. I really did like that. So mm-hmm. um, I know it's been set up front, initial reactions. Now that you guys have all seen it uh, enough times, uh, where does it kind of fall uh, for you? Then we'll we'll break it down from there. So we'll get whether you liked it, loved it, hated it, middle of the road. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I just recorded a podcast last Monday. And, uh, for the Batman universe, and they had, uh, had us do a grading scale. And I graded it personally myself a four and a half out of five. So mm-hmm. that was for me. Uh, what about you, Terrence? Um, I'm going to try not to repeat myself from the initial reaction. And I've tried to avoid a lot of the, um, reviews and stuff like that just so I wouldn't repeat other people on this podcast, even though I'm sure I'll, you know, so many people are talking about it. I'm sure I'll say things somebody have said. Right. Um, but in in having some time to think about it, I felt like I was actually watching three different movies. I was watching a Batman movie, a Superman or Man of Steel Part Two, and the Lex Luthor story in just three, you know, just cut in between each other. And the Batman part of it, I give an A plus. I mean, I thought Ben Affleck was awesome. Everything I just thought everything with Batman was fantastic. Wish there was more of it. The Superman stuff, I'd give a C. It, I just felt like they were retreading Man of Steel. I, I felt like we've already seen a movie with this. Just come on, move on. And then the Lex Luthor stuff, I would give an F. I just did not like <laughs> Lex Luthor. Uh, even if you take away the fact that I thought, like, all right, this is who, this is not my Lex Luthor or not what I thought of Lex Luthor and, and try to like, take that out i just didn't like him i didn't like the character even if you gave him a new name call him joe schmo or whatever you know <laughs> I, I did not like i did not like him his motivation anything to do with him so when you put them all together the you know it kind of comes out to maybe like a c c plus um and then you know uh, the fight was fantastic but i've just felt it took way too long to get there there should have been more than one fight I, you know I, I wanted a few rounds uh, yeah, yeah. And, um and then I was also annoyed, and I'm sure we'll t- t- touch on all these things. There was a lot of stuff teased in the trailers and in the commercials that that's all there was in the movie. Like if you show me a Robin yeah. suit, you got to give me more than just what you showed me in the trailer. You know, if you tease an Omega symbol, you got to show me. Like I just felt like 
all we had was the tease from the trailer. And then I'm like, well, no, yeah. either leave it out of the trailer and have me go ape in the movie when I see a Robin costume or don't put it in there. Um, but you can't show tease it and then just i just felt that was kind of hollow but uh, that probably meant more than what you wanted there rob but that, no, that's no, my no. overall overall opinion of the movie that's fine uh ryan cool uh well it's it's funny because rob like you said like on my, on my first viewing i was not only battling uh my own internal expectations for the film but i was also battling the the expectations uh, and things that i had seen or uh, overall heard from the reviews and stuff so i was like what do I want this movie to be? And everybody says it, it's it's not going to be good. And then I was kept looking at it like, where where does it go bad and what's wrong? But hey, I like this. Why is this bad? Like, this can't be bad. Uh, so once I got that out of the way, you know, the, my first viewing was pretty mixed. I was just, you know, you can hear that in my reaction. I'm just like, I think I liked it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the second time was a little better once I had my expectations in check. Um, and after all three viewings, it's interesting. It's like um, the good things in the movie that I really like, I only like more. And the things that I'm not okay with or or thought were bad have kind of mellowed out and I've become more okay with. Um, so I kind of – at first I probably started with maybe feeling the film overall was like a C plus, And I think I'm, I think I'm up to a B. I think it's a solid B. Um the things that bring it down, in my opinion, are the pacing issues, the shoehorning in of the Justice League that could have done, been done a little bit better. Uh, but the strong points in the film um, are definitely Batman uh, and everything Batman-related, you know, Batman and Alfred and all that stuff, I think is really strong. Um, Superman has issues. Uh, I feel like they could have done a little bit more to make him have a more complete arc or story or feeling of uh, he's Superman in this movie it, it, that's a complicated topic I think the way they handle Superman yeah. it, it kind of works but it's there's some things they could have done that, that I think could have made it stronger uh, but overall I feel like it's a, it's a B and I, I am still very excited to see what they do next um, and I really really hope that the extended cut of BVS addresses a lot of these issues and and makes it uh and it, it fixes some of the narrative issues and some of the flow issues, hopefully. Yeah, I I kind of agree with what you were saying, uh, Terrence. Uh, I didn't. I was the second viewing. Uh, had a friend of mine. He's like, it's like a comic book. He's like, you flip the page and go, whoa, what 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 is this? You know, set up for something else. Yeah, yeah, set up for something else, and you turn the page and you get a little bit more narrative, and bam, you got a splash page, and then you're back through. So the second viewing, I. I looked at it like this, and I'm like, I didn't have a problem with the pacing because I knew going in there is seven gallons of stuff that we're pouring into this five-gallon bucket trying to make it fit. That could have a negative spot, and I, I can see where people have issues with that. It didn't bother me as much. Um, I think for some, I think for a lot of people with this movie having 75 years of expectation and the closest we ever get is an animated series crossover or, you know, the direct-to-video. So I think almost anything they put on that screen, somebody somewhere was going to have a problem with it because we've been waiting so long for these two and then three characters to occupy the same space. 
in some ways, it's I felt it, it was doomed to fail even before it started. I think the reactions from the very first time that we found out who Batman was and that spiraled into a bucket of hate and then uh, <laughs> you know, and then I feel like we're kind of at the other side of it, but starting back all over again. Uh, the one thing that I think all Batman fans can take away from and I, I would love to find those people online that just hated Ben Affleck worst choice in history I'd like to find those people now and go so now what did you think like all three of us have said he was uh, re- I mean was really good he's he's my favorite interpretation uh, on screen of Batman hands down there's some issues I want to go uh, into that after we kind of uh, you know get through this little section but it was you know i i enjoyed all that so um pacing of things like that i it didn't bother me as much i can see where it might bother some people but overall my my experience was the second time was even better and uh you know you mentioned your uh mother ryan uh my mom doesn't read anything i mean it's like rob my i can't get my email to operate right so oh, the so netflix, for, netflix doesn't work <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah exactly you have the caps locks on so um <laughs> and she just she asked me she's like so did you see the movie did you like it i said yeah she's like oh good and she's the one that took me to my first superhero movie took me to the christopher reeves you know superman movie so she nice. started my love affair so every superhero movie that's been dc I've always gone with her to go see it at some point. So I know this is something she wants to do and wants to see it. So thanks mom for <laughs> making me a DC fan, but that's, that's her universe is hey. oh, Batman. Sorry. So anyway, yes. Yeah, I want to ask you guys a question before we get into anything else. Cause this is something I thought I saw, but I've only seen it once. And sometimes what I think I saw is not what I saw. Now, Originally, Jenna, the actress Jenna Malone, mm-hmm. was going to be in the movie. And there was a lot of speculation about her, and then yeah. it came out she's going to be Barbara Gordon in the extended cut, but not in the theatrical. But when they were having the nightmare Batman trench coat, scene, a woman that Batman helps, yeah, yeah, is yeah. that her? I I kind of wondered that. Interesting thing, because I'm like, is that is that you know? So you guys saw that too, right? I wasn't just yeah, yeah. Her. My wife was okay. like, she pointed that like. That is somebody – she was under the impression that that was Lois, that okay. he was dragging through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think it can be Lois because shortly after that, Batman's captured and chained up, and then Superman delivers the line, you know, you took her uh, away from me, and implied that something happened to her. And then, you know – Yeah. Whatever it is, it's like they're cutting around it. Like they don't really want you to focus on it too much. But it does look like, yeah, Batman's helping somebody, like almost like a Mad Max type thing, where they're like holding hands and like helping each other get, you know, fight together or something for a brief mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, that was, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, having seen it twice and watching the funeral scene in DC, there's a woman in glasses with long red hair is in the center of the frame as it pans oh. through, and I'm like, is that her? Right there, is, is that Barbara Gordon standing there? And, you know, it, it goes by so quick that, you know, I didn't have a picture of Jenna Malone on my phone to hold up against the screen and go, could you pause the film real quick? But so I didn't know if anybody else caught that either or if it, the lady just happened oh. to be in red hair. I have to look. And can I ask you another quick question? 
All right, so the there was that Aquaman teaser picture like a year, year and a half ago, where it said "Unite the Seven. All right, I'm looking at my Aquaman action figure right now. Continue. Right, you, you know, do you remember that? Yeah. So, and then everyone thought the seven. So, and I'm only counting six so far in these movies. So, is the seventh Shazam, or is the seventh Green Lantern, or are we not sure who? The oh, seventh it's, green, it's got to be Green Lantern. Yeah. Okay, because is is somebody signed to be in the next in Green Lantern in the Justice League movie? Do we know or? No, the last thing I've heard is like, you won't see Green Lantern until Justice League Part Two, if that. Yeah. But hopefully, okay, hopefully Justice League Part Two. But he's considered the seventh. Okay, sure, right. he has to be. Yeah, yeah. All or, right, that's what I wasn't sure, but yeah, that makes sense. Or another popular theory is the seven C's. You know, uh, some people are under the impression that maybe, kind of like a Flashpoint thing, you have the Amazons and the Atlanteans going to war with one another. So Aquaman's uniting the seven seas, or, you know, I, I would think it'd be the Justice League, that's where you'd want to go, but you look at the DC art, and like you said, there's only six, and well, right now there's only five. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. gosh, if, if you're right about the Flashpoint, then I'm, I might, like, die of a heart attack of happiness before it ever comes out, because <laughs> I absolutely love everything Flashpoint, so that would yeah, be... Yeah, Flashpoint's cool. Amazing, and then in the in the opening credits, Thomas Wayne, when he like makes that fist, reminded me of the Flashpoint Thomas Wayne, who would like fight back. So oh, I, yeah. I know the opening credits have been kind of uh, uh, some people have criticized it and said, "Dude, we really need that again." I love the opening credits. I thought they were really awesome. Yeah, and it added a different. It changed the dynamic of the Waynes dying for the first time. The emphasis has always been put on Thomas. Wayne dying. That's that's the thing Bruce usually hangs his hat on in the comics and you know from every Batman film up to this point um, you know Martha doesn't say anything but it's Thomas that says Martha gee I wonder how that's going to play out later (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's then that's you know brought back up throughout the uh, film um, and it's the thing that Lex Luthor uses against Superman is his mother. Um, and I can't believe in 75 years nobody thought of that, <laughs> to do that anywhere. So um, you opened up two doors, Terrence, and I'm not sure which way to go, the Martha way <laughs> or the Thomas way. So what did you guys think of the portrayal of Ben Affleck as Batman and how his Batman was in this film? What he did, what he didn't do, what he might have done... Are you okay with it? So, <laughs> I think you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't Murder. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see him pull a gun out of his utility belt like Thomas Wayne and blow somebody away. But at the same time, if you happen to be sitting in your car, you might have been slightly charged. <laughs> so, I'll kick it over to you, Terrence. What'd you think? You know, I really, really liked uh, Ben Affleck's performance. I liked... Um, his interaction with Alfred, I would have liked more of it in the movie. Um, I would have liked the whole movie, just that. But um, <laughs> that the um, my my only I'll, my negative about Batman was I felt like it wasn't very clear Batman's role in this universe. Like, had he been around for twenty years? Had he disappeared? We were supposed to infer things. Why does Clark Kent all of a sudden care about? Batman, is it because he came back? Is it because he's new? Is it because he's ramping up? I, I wasn't, I never really quite got a sense of 
which Batman I was looking at here, and uh, Perry White seemed to not care and just be like, yeah, it's the same old story, which made me kind of think that maybe he'd just been around for a while, but that makes me wonder why does Clark care? And then I was kind of like, well, why do why does getting branded by Batman mean a death sentence in jail? You'd think like half the people in there would have been put away by Batman. <laughs> so, uh, But um, aside from that little bit, which has nothing to do with Ben Affleck's performance, um, you know, I thought it was fantastic. It was, you know, that sort of Frank Miller-esque, you know, like just, you know, just completely driven, just dark, hard edge Batman um, that, you know, I thought was really fantastic. And I that type of Batman doesn't lend itself to someone who would join a team and be part of the Justice League. But I thought they did a really good job um, showing how that Batman would at the end say, yeah, you know what? I do need to find these other metahumans. I do need to become part of a team um, and and do, you know, carry on the Superman legacy. I, I want to interrupt before Ryan says something. We were watching The Flash last night and uh, hearing the term metahuman. And my wife goes, why are they referring to Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and The Flash as I could see The Flash being metahuman? Why was that brought up in Batman versus Superman as metahumans? Because I don't think Diana is considered a metahuman or Aquaman would be. Did that hearing that in the context of this movie throw anybody? I know I, I just probably took the uh, topic in a completely different direction, but since you said it, it had just popped in my head. Yeah, not really. No, I was just kind of like business as usual. Gotcha. Metahumans, yeah. Yeah, it didn't bother me. It seems like each show has their own tr- interpretation of what they think metahuman means. Gotcha. So it's it just in BVS, they just define it pretty pretty well, actually. So Okay. Uh, well, then we'll go back to the topic. <laughs> Ryan, what did you think of Ben and uh, Batman? Um, well, one quick point about the, the intro. They, uh, so the people that I've only seen it once are like, Hey, that's so dumb. They saw Excalibur, and that's not the movie they saw, but actually, they did see Mark of Zorro, if you notice. Yeah. It says Excalibur starts Wednesday, and Mark mm-hmm. of Zorro now showing. So I thought that was really clever, and they still respected uh, comic book, you know, continuity and stuff, so I yeah. thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's like, when you look at, in terms of like how Batman's characterization is in the movie, you know, if you look at a movie like The Dark Knight Rises... People's expectations were that I for that were all over the place. I think primarily because it's something that doesn't get told. It's, it's a story and a characterization that doesn't get told an awful lot. You know, it's like the last Batman story. Everybody has their own ideas of how that kind of story can end. And once somebody puts forth what they think their interpretation of it is, everybody's going to have their own opinions about it. You know, more, more so than oh, it's just a middle story in in something. I don't think that uh, it can be as controversial. So I think that's one reason why Dark Knight Rises in particular has a lot of these crazy, you know, ups and downs, pluses and minuses. And I think I see the same thing uh, in BBS. It's funny because it almost does seem, I heard this on another podcast too, it seems like there is a, like a missing movie in between both of these, like yeah. a missing Superman movie where you see Superman uh, be, you know, the Superman you would know, where you see this actual Lex Luthor, like, rise to power and stuff like that. And so, when they focus, BBS is focused on this very central story and time period of these characters, and it's it's heavy stuff, you know? So, Batman's characterization didn't really bother me that much, because 
especially with multiple viewings. Like it's very clear that how, however Batman was or operated, that he changed the way he did things after Superman showed up, and that kind of caused him to become you know bitter and angry and cruel. Um, and it gives him a character arc, you know, and I think that's really cool. And it's something that you can analyze and talk about and it's fun to see well not fun <laughs> let me say it's interesting to see that progression through the movie and it i like that by the end of the movie batman has changed i think that by the by the end of the movie batman probably is the batman you know and love again uh because of superman and because of what what happened um and they do skirt the line pretty you know pretty closely but more towards the the uh negative of uh, the whole collateral damage stuff. You know, Batman doesn't directly go in front of somebody and shoot him right in the head. You know, he does shoot a uh, you know, a flamethrower tank, but uh, you know, a lot of the things he does, like it makes sense with the way that they have presented his character in this movie, and it doesn't really detract a whole lot from me, especially because it is an arc, and it does have a conclusion in this movie. And I think it's one that brings, like you said, it brings Batman back home probably to where he was. Exactly. Either before he lost or probably right before. I, I feel like at some point, I'm going to pull Tim Drake into mm-hmm. this. I feel like this is like part of a lonely place of dying. Like I yeah. was waiting for Tim to come around the corner saying, since the, the death of Jason Todd, you've become, you become unhinged. Um, I really yeah. hope that's Jason Todd and not Dick Grayson discussion probably for a later day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. but, but I hope it's, I hope it's like, um, I hope, I hope Jenna, I don't think this has been confirmed a hundred percent, but I hope Jenna Malone is Barbara Gordon. And I hope that whatever scenes that she does have in the film relate to that, you know, relate to Bruce's arc and how he's changed and how he, he needs to change his outlook on things. Yeah. Um, uh, it had, I think Zack Snyder had said it himself that you can probably go on YouTube and there's a, a, a kill count video of, you know, in every, you know, Batman movie, usually by the car, but, you know, you have Batman the first movie, you know, kicking a guy through the, down through the bell tower, bouncing him off the bell, you know, afterburner clown death and, the bomb. bomb. Batman Returns bomb. A bomb in the waist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, even the tumbler uh, flying through, you know, rooftops and landing on cars and. Blows up Axis Chemicals in Batman 89. Yeah. So it's. Plus uh, all the Batman fans who committed suicide after watching Batman and Robin and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of Batman and Robin, I think at one point Rotten Tomatoes had Batman and Robin at a higher rating than this movie. And I'm like. Oh, no. Like seriously, uh, Sharknado has a higher Rotten <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes rating <laughs> this film, so I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into that that whole um, thing. I do agree. I feel like there is a, a Superman movie missing. There's a, a movie missing where the citizens of Metropolis, Metropolis thought enough of him to erect a statue in his honor. Uh, that just didn't show up um, and yeah. get built in the. On the on the 18th month that the movie timeline starts in, so the statue has been up. There's been a memorial set up. So I, I think maybe Snyder was relying on some of those. Like you know, you know this this Superman. So I'm telling you to do your homework and read a bunch of Superman comics and come in here because the story I'm going to tell. I want you to 
to to feel that weight by the end and i felt like superman played one note and it kind of stayed there Um, and i don't know why and this was one thing two points i was wondering about that like why wasn't there more of a a government issue or concern after the battle of metropolis like why do they have to create this other you know thing within the desert with the terrorists and stuff for why would that have to be the point of contention with superman yeah so that was a little strange and the other thing was i don't know if you guys noticed this or thought this but i was just like Man, after two years, Clark Kent is like the worst reporter ever. <laughs> this is like the worst Clark Kent ever because he like he doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is. Although Gotham is right next to Metropolis, he's always missing. He's always gone. Like he, so to me, that shows that he hasn't really perfected the art of you know being Clark Kent and being Superman and like right. you know having people not figure that out. It seems like he just kind of doesn't care, and he's like never writing his articles and stuff. <laughs> so so yeah. that that kind of bothered me a little bit. Just like. The Clark Kent persona did not seem very Clark Kent-ish to me. Yeah. And the whole Daily Planet seemed kind of miserable. Like, in other Superman, yeah. the cartoon, the, the Christopher Reeves movies, like, the Daily Planet seems like a fun, exciting, happening place that you wish you could be a part of or work there, too. Or And this just – it just – some of that that energy and that like life and it, it was just sucked out of it it was just like this depressing place with a cheapskate running things <laughs> yeah i i think that was my one of my biggest problems at least with a uh, big problem doing air quotes i i loved what henry cavill i've heard people say this he did a, a good job with what he was given to do it wasn't like he was phoning it in but it was a, a one or two no, and like you said, this was a would have been a Clark Kent that Perry probably would have said, pack your crap and go. You're not writing the football story I want you to write. But at the same time, I can't believe that 18, 18 months have gone by, mm-hmm. and he wants to write this piece on Batman, but at the same time, Bruce Wayne is putting all this money into rebuilding Metropolis, and you have to ask who Bruce Wayne is. That, I would kind of think, would be like Donald Trump and in some in some way some somebody with a lot of money throwing money around i'm I'm sure he knows who lex luthor is he's obviously at lex luthor's house these are probably two people from across the bay that are spending a ton of money and you would have to think the wayne tower is knocked down that bruce wayne's name is going to be in the papers constantly probably written in your own uh publication warehouse and here was my thing in Man of Steel, at least for me, the at least the, what I took of it was the the main premise was Clark Kent doesn't know who or what he is or should be or what Superman should be, and it was kind of analogous to what uh, the filmmakers were thinking. How do we take this character who worked so well in like the 1950s and make put him here in the 21st century? And how does he work in a modern world? And Clark was kind of the same thing. Who am I? And what am I going to be? And my father has this one vision for me. And so I'm all emo and I'm, you know, going around the Arctic looking for my, who I am and, you know, coming to terms with that. And you kind of, I guess, got the sense at the end of the movie uh, when he knocks down that satellite, he's going to be the Superman we all know and love. But then when this movie comes, I feel like he's in that same 
kind of emo plate. Like he's still not sure who he is or what he should be. His reaction mm-hmm. to the bombing, that vision he has of his father, where they're they're putting the rocks together and everything. I, I remember when he came up, I was like, "Geez, this looks like it's cut from Man of Steel." And my God, is he emo? And like even the stuff where Superman is saving people, he saves the people from the fire, the rocket ship, the uh, the flood. There was no like fun. I. I it, it was just a weird way to show it. I wanted like an action scene kind of a la The Incredibles where like Frozone and Mr. Incredible rescue those people <laughs> from the fire. Like I wanted that. I wanted a Superman rescue, you know, scene or something instead of this weird mm. kind of montage, which looked really expensive. They probably could have done it just as quick with like newspaper headlines, Superman saves Rocket or something. Um, yeah, and, and I, I didn't. I didn't get that from him. And in fact, the only time where I actually felt like this is Superman was at the very end when he's about to die. He he gets stabbed by um, Doomsday and he's about to like pull out and he realizes if he pulls closer, he can stab him. And he does that move. And I was like, that's Superman. Oh, now he's dead. Now he's gone. <laughs> but right. I, I don't know, did, you, did any of you guys feel like he hadn't grown anywhere since Man of Steel? Because – Personally, if I was dating Lois Lane, who looked like Amy Adams, and I had jumped in a tub with her, I'd be walking around with a 10-foot smile on my face all the time, <laughs> flying around. And I'm like, what is this guy emo about here? But I don't know. Was it just yeah. me? or No, I mean, you look at the very end of Man of Steel with, uh, you know, well, hey, Clark, can't welcome to the planet, and he has a smile on his face. Yeah. Like, you don't really see that in this movie. And I know there are heavy themes and heavy issues and stuff like that or whatever, you know, and just like that montage, just like the montage, he's doing impressive heroic things and saving things, but you've got this depressing uh, political commentary in the background, and it's it's all good, it's all well made, and I like it, and it supports the story, but it is unbalanced. You know, you don't have the the uh, more heroic, smiling, good Superman contrast in the movie, not enough, you know, and. And just like the things I was saying before, like his Clark Kent has been there for two years and doesn't seem to care about, you know, he seems like the only thing he really cares about is Lois, you know, saving Lois, being with Lois. He doesn't really know what Superman is yet still, and he doesn't really seem to care about being Clark Kent, you know, of the Daily Planet. You know, it's just it just seemed a little as good of a character as at least if you with Batman, they they give him a solid characterization he's pissed he's doing yeah. things different like you can you can look at batman and be like there's an arc there for superman it doesn't really superman just seems to serve the actual narrative of the story rather than having his own identifiable you know arc there are there are elements there there are definitely elements there it's just not quite as strong as batman's yeah and I think you alluded to this during the montage i think that would have set the montage even better um, while you had the media chiming in about what he should do, if you saw him smiling and swooping in and you saw cheers mm-hmm. from the crowd or whoever, you know, he was saving and getting the thank you and, you know, nodding his head to him and flying off, it almost looked like I do on a Monday morning of like, got to go to work. <laughs> I got to do a good job <laughs> so I don't get fired. I can't wait to get home to Lois. And oh yeah, or he's uh, the people he's saving from the flood. He, you know, they're they're sitting there needing his help, and he's just kind of floating there, hanging <laughs> out for like an hour before he saves them and stuff. I'm just 1001, like one thousand one, one thousand. Oh man, cape yeah. flaps in the wind. Dang it, I missed. Yeah, I mean, but you do see like before he shows up to the, you know, the Senate hearing. It's funny because in the crowd you have people that are 
screaming like, go, you know, get out of here, no aliens, and you've got people right next to him being like, Superman's awesome, you know? Yeah. It's just, the film did not go out of its way to highlight that, that kind of stuff. You had to really look for it. Like, at the, the Day of the Dead stuff, he when he saves the girl, he does have a smile on his face, and then yeah. it transitions into like, oh gosh, I'm Superman, aren't I? You know, at the <laughs> end of that. Uh, I want to change gears from Superman, and I would assume the reaction was the same for most people uh, in the theater hearing that theme music for the very first time while Bruce is looking at the computer screen and seeing the World War II photo of Wonder Woman and then just the, at least in my theater, both times that I saw it, the gasps and the, you know, that type of stuff. The first couple times you see Diana and hearing a woman behind me like, that's Wonder Woman, you know, like, when are we going to see her? And when she makes her first jump, we had... Uh, some very loud applause there. We had some hoot and hollers. Uh, a friend of mine in Scotland says, oh, we don't react in our theater. I'm like, what a boring movie <laughs> that would have been to see. So uh, what did you guys think of Wonder Woman? Me personally, um, every minute she was on the screen, which wasn't a lot, and somebody has said, that's why people really like her, because if you would have seen a whole movie of her, it would've, she would have Oh, sucked. come on. <laughs> not, not at all, not at all. Um I heard some people say her lines were a little robotic and, you know, her accent sounds weird. I mean, I don't know about most other people, but if you talk to somebody with an accent, their English sounds a little broken because that's not their native tongue. So that didn't bother me at all. And I looked over at my wife and the first time Wonder Woman appeared, she had a big smile on her face. And I kept thinking what that must be like other than Black Widow <laughs> in movies to have a a superhero or somebody that women can go finally there is somebody for us standing up for us uh, our equalities you know, and all of that but I thought her scenes were really good and uh, for the bad things or the things that I didn't like when Wonder Woman showed up I was like oh that was really good. So that was my long ramble there for Wonder Woman. Uh, what about you, Terrence? Yeah, I thought she was fantastic. I thought the accent just added to like a like a foreign, mysterious quality. Um, there was a scene she had great chemistry with Ben Affleck, and at one point I thought she's kind of like Catwoman, and then he was like, "You remind me of someone else," and I was like, "Me too." Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just think she doesn't know how a digital photograph works, because chances are, like, just because yeah. uh, you know he emails you a copy doesn't mean it's now gone. <laughs> so that's the um, only one on the internet. Whew. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, I really liked her in the fight scene with Doomsday, where every time she kind of got knocked back or hit, she kind of had this like look of like this is fun this is what it's all about like I, I don't know she just did that really well of like kind of enjoying the fight and um, it makes me and I really like that uh, Warner Brothers is letting each director uh, kind of do their own thing and tie it into the universe but have their own take and their own spin so that I'm not feeling like oh we're gonna see Zack Snyder's Wonder Woman in you know a, a, you know nine months or whenever it comes out um, or so I, I know we're gonna see you know something similar but uh, you know kind of its own fresh take so yeah I can't wait for the Wonder Woman movie Ryan yeah, it's funny. It's like it's almost too bad that this movie isn't linked to the Dark Knight trilogy because otherwise Bruce could have just given uh, Diana the clean slate protocol and she wouldn't have to worry about any of that stuff. It right? Just yeah, wipes it off. Come on, Bruce. <laughs> anyway, I I really liked Wonder Woman. I, I again, uh, Terrence, like Terrence said, the uh, the accent 
uh, once you get used to it a little bit, I, th- I just thought it worked extremely well. You know, it just adds to the mystique. I thought she was in the film just enough, the way that they kind of peppered her story in with, you know, what is going on with uh, with Bruce and what he's trying to uncover. I thought it really worked. Um, and the score was amazing. You just get a little <laughs> bit of hint of where, uh, where she's been before and where she could go. And it made me really excited to see her... Uh, <laughs> her movie next year. It's over lines. Just like I've killed things from other worlds before. You're just like, oh, this is just so good. <laughs> you know, she does add that kind of fun element. And it is kind of sad that it all it's kind of lopsided. You get all that cool stuff at the very end instead of, uh, you know, balanced out throughout the, throughout the film. But, uh, yeah, I thought Wonder Woman was just great. And I, you know, the more scenes you see her with Bruce Wayne, I just kept thinking like, oh man, this would be so cool if it was like a, Justice League Unlimited thing yeah. where there's kind of a subtle romance kind of thing going mm-hmm. on that would just Batman and Wonder Woman is kind of a cool pair to see together and make work it's just really interesting to me and I think, thought that was really cool the way they did that in Justice League uh, the, the animated series and I thought that man they, that'd be cool if we saw some of that in uh, in a future film perhaps um, yeah, I, and in I'm oh, sorry, Robert. In the Wonder Woman comic a few years ago, when Greg Rucco was writing it, he did some really good Batman Wonder Woman stories. Mm. And now mm-hmm. it's been announced with Rebirth, he's coming back to Wonder Woman. Oh, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. yeah, Rucco's awesome. I yeah. haven't I haven't read a Wonder Woman comic since. Uh, I haven't read much Wonder Woman. Uh, just sporadic. Most of my Wonder Woman has been in like a Justice League comic, or you know, yeah. where she has appeared like with Batman in some uh, wherever. And somebody said you got to go back and read the Rucka stuff. And while you're at it, you need to sign up for the Rebirth Rucka stuff because it'll probably probably be really good. So it's probably going to be the first Wonder Woman comic that I'm probably going to have in my pull list. So I'm, yeah. and and that's something that I like that movies do. You go into watching a movie, I don't care what it is, but if you take something out of the movie with you and go, I've never thought about that thing before or that character, I want to find out more about it. And, you know, 70 some odd years or 42 for me in this case, <laughs> uh, you know, of seeing, you know, I remember watching the Linda Carter uh, Wonder Woman TV series and I got a little bit of that vibe in her theme music. It sounded a little 70s ish with the guitar, but, um, you know, coming out of this movie, I go, I, I want to read a, a Wonder Woman comic. And I think I only have three in all of my comics that I own. <laughs> you know, the the new 52 stuff that Azarello did is pretty good, too. Yeah, I've, I've been having some friends go, you need to check this out, check this out. Yeah, so I've got, a, I've got a list of stuff. Nice. So that's uh, that's it for the the main, the trinity of the, uh, of the film. I kind of wanted to highlight just a... Uh, a few of the other characters we've talked about Lex Luthor and uh, I wish at this point I had some red Jolly Ranchers that I could feed each of you. (laughs) (laughs) My wife was like, Oh, why? Why? (laughs) Um, I've kind of heard that Terrence talk. I I didn't mind so much Lex because I was kind of on the other side of like what you were saying, Terrence of like, okay, it's, it's not the, Lex Luthor from the animated series. It's not the Lex Luthor from Lois and Clark or Kevin Spacey or Gene Hackman. It's it's a different interpretation, and the Lex that I think that we would love is the Lex Luthor that had died. This is his son, so it's like, technically it's not even the correct Lex Luthor. So I went into it kind of going, alright, I don't mind it so much, and there were 
there were some times where I was like, man, that's straight up evil. Uh, Granny's peach tea in the uh, uh, courtroom scene, I did not see that coming <laughs> a mile away. In that, you know, she's kind of addressing Superman, and she kind of can't make it through it. You know, everybody's giggling. I thought it was like poison or something at first, yeah. the way her mouth was moving. I was just like, oh, did he put any poison her? <laughs> Yeah, so that scene just kind of caught me off guard. And those, there was a few little moments of like, okay, that that's Lex. I don't know what this was, but that's Lex. So it didn't it didn't bother me. But at the same time, if there was, you know, Cranston in there instead, I think I probably would have liked his interpretation better, or whoever. Um, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. If that's even a thing. So, uh, uh, Ryan? Yeah, it's funny. It's like um, I, when I saw the trailers and stuff, I was like, this is just really weird. But I gave it a pass because I I just want to see it in context with the whole film. I didn't want to judge it. Um, I think I think it, his interpretation of Lex, I think it worked for the film. But I do feel like they went a little bit too far well yeah a little bit too far with a little, some of the things but overall I, I i'm glad that they did something different and i'm glad it's not gene hackman or kevin spacey like luther because i was so tired of seeing that you know and yeah they could have just done traditional comic book thing uh but it, he does kind of provide a good contrast between batman and superman you've got this other guy and he's just really interesting the way that he fits into the story so i i i thought it i thought it worked i thought it was okay and he wasn't buying land so (laughs) thank god (laughs) then again he was doing all you know that's the other thing too like story wise yeah um i've said this before in some uh, in on the bof podcast just like he was playing the long con with like everybody wasn't he just yeah uh, but 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 what was his what is his actual goal like he just he was doing too much. Like he's making Superman angry about Batman. He's making Batman angry about Superman. Oh yeah. Also I've kidnapped your mother. So, Oh, and you need to do this thing. Oh, and I, I'm making doomsday too. Like he's just doing all these things without like, what is his actual <laughs> plan here? Chaos. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, That's what I felt like in the, the long con with uh, scoot McNary's character to have, I mean, 18 months, of paychecks not not getting to him at all. I'm like, that's going out of the way before. That's setting up the con before you even come to the realization. Oh yeah, I want to kill Superman, and oh yeah, that bat's got to go too. But first, I'm going to screw with this guy's life for almost two years. Yeah. Um. And, uh, w- sorry. Go ahead, Terrence. Yeah, my my problem too with Lex was, you know, his motivations were never. You never really quite. Why exactly, exactly does he not like Superman? Like, yeah. not to go back because I know it's different. But in the comic, I always liked how Sup- uh, Lex Luthor was like a generation older than Superman, and he was the hero of Metropolis. And when Superman comes, and now he becomes number two, he cannot stand that, and he doesn't trust him because he's an alien. I-, I didn't get where the whole what why Lex really hated Superman, and then I, I wish they just could have set up the fight. To make it a little more personal, because I, I just w- wish that somehow may- Lex could have made Superman think that Batman had kidnapped his mother, that Batman had, you know, Martha Kent, and he was like fighting for his mother, and somehow y- you never quite got why Batman wants to kill Superman because you know there were other Kryptonians who were going to k- 
wipe the Earth and Superman was fighting on our side, like other aliens may show up. We may need this guy. You may not want to just kill him, even if yeah. he does have the power to destroy the whole Earth. So I thought Batman's just – I don't know. I just – Lex sends him a few notes and this makes him want to kill him. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I just, it, it's hard to explain, yeah. but it just, it just, it felt like the, it was a really thin reason for them to fight where if they would have just done it just a little different, it, it could have made it real intense. I mean, Superman fighting for his mother's life, like thinking Batman's got him hostage, Batman, you know, if Lex could have tricked Batman to, to make him think that Superman was like one of the evil Kryptonians and was like like Zod's son or something or was doing something to, you know, terraform the Earth or, or something like that. And, and Batman was fighting for the planet Earth. I think it would have held a lot more just maybe tension and drama. I mean, as is, it's a it's an awesome fight just visually looking. But um, I, I don't know. And I think that all falls on the Lex Luthor character and yeah it does I'm, i just kept wondering like well if he captured his if, if flex was going to capture martha why did he even go through the trouble of you know sending clark kent you know these pictures of like batman try to get him to be upset with batman like is, he just did too much and it just didn't come together it makes sense they could have just went with one thing or like you said terrence just kind of a like a better outline for how the fight's going to work or come together I, and i was waiting for you know, Alexa says, oh, no, that was my father. I was waiting for the moment where Superman and Batman are both, you know, on their backs and Luther walks into the room and says, one of those buildings you knocked down, my father was in that building. Ooh. You know, that's why he mm-hmm. is so mad. I was waiting for like, oh, that's what happened. Now I have the weird thought of like, Lex probably killed his dad. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I always wonder, like, what's Luther's end game? Because if, even if Batman killed Superman, he still threw Lewis Lane off a building. She's gonna tell the police. Like, he's <laughs> like, where does he go from there? And then if Batman does kill Superman, and then it, like, wh- is there a is was there a shutoff switch on the Doomsday birthing chamber? Because if Doomsday hatches and Superman's <laughs> dead. Now what? You know, now the yeah, Earth is leveled like what, by him. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole he's a blood of my blood was it's significant for him to cut his hand and drip the blood on Zod that he had control of Doomsday. Because for a while, Doomsday was standing right behind Lex, you know, breaking stuff. But I was I wasn't like afraid of like, oh, my gosh, you know, Doomsday is going to destroy Lex. Um, it. It kind of appears that Superman ends up saving Lex from it, but I think it, it was does. more of the jump towards Superman. So, yeah, yeah. For to me, I just seemed like a and again. It's all these things I infer, but but based on previous interpretations of Lex from the comics, I felt like oh, they're kind of taking the Superboy thing where he's making like a clone uh, with his own like DNA and mm-hmm. stuff, so he can feel like he's you know can have some part of him that can reach the same level as Superman. You know, and so I felt like that was just part of it. Like he's using his blood mixed with Zod, so it kind of like, it, it, so he can get his own kind of spin on having some kind of p- power. And I but, had thought, and uh, like at the very end too, with Luther, where he hints that he knows that Dark Side is coming and Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Like that was really felt very shoehorned in at the end. And then if it was, if if you know. 
the dark side's coming. Why do you want to get rid of Superman? Someone who's going to fight to protect Earth. Mm-hmm. And and then I thought, well, maybe they could have done a thing where like Dark Side had made a deal with Luther, like I'll you know make you a you know lieutenant or something if you get rid of Superman for me to clear the way for my invasion or something. I'll give you so, land. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. There we go. Yeah. It all comes back to the land. No, yeah. If you've seen that, there there is a deleted scene that Warner Brothers actually released for some reason where I saw it, it shows. Today. Yeah, where it shows like uh, communing with uh, Steppenwolf, I think is the guy, and, it, yeah, and okay. there's like mother boxes and stuff. So, and the, you know, once that clip hit today, I saw theories of like, is he kind of possessed? That he's the reason he was kind of going cuckoo pants at the very end there is that he's kind of having a schizophrenic breakdown that dark side or steppenwolf has probed his mind and you know at lex says something like you know the bell has already been rung you know they're coming mm-hmm. you know it, this whole thing was set up to get superman you know killed and now i've put the uh, wheels in motion and it can't be stopped and he legitimately looks scared of like he almost has the look of like what did i just do so. yeah but it doesn't. Really, but even if you accept that, that doesn't really excuse his behavior right. and thoughts for the, from earlier in the film. You know. Yeah. Um, and this um, this might be a real minor point to everyone except for me, but it bugs me. Strikers Island is not an uninhabited island. There's a prison on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I have a couple uh, little character beats here before we wrap up, and then I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, Robin here real quick. Um, the last two characters I want to talk about being um, Lois Lane and then Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, did you guys have a problem with uh, Lois Lane at all? Some people had said that you know there was too much of Lois Lane or that she kind of sounded fake or weak you know, throughout it. I enjoyed her character. I enjoyed her character more in this film. Than I did. I mean, I I liked it in Man of Steel, but I I really liked the Lois Lane character in here. Uh, did you guys have any problems with Lois Lane at all, uh, Terrence? Um, no, except for the fact that I thought the whole thing, and I said this in the reaction video too, the whole thing with the bullet was completely unnecessary and redundant. I thought the opening scene shows that she's a badass reporter. She's in like I guess somewhere in Africa or the Middle East. She's sitting face to face with terrorists. She like to me that that proves her you know credentials. This whole thing with the bullet, I, I don't really get what that was all about. I guess they were trying to show, oh, look, she's a great reporter. But, I mean, it didn't show it. I mean, she found a bullet in a in her journal, like, after she got back home. She basically just goes to Washington, D.C., talks to one person who she's friends with, who I guess is like a cabinet member or some kind of secretary of something. And he goes off, and then he comes back and tells her. So she's not really reporting or researching. She asked one guy to look at the bullet, and he comes back just to say, oh, it's from LexCorp. Lex Luthor's a bad guy. Wow, what an amazing breakthrough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, it just – a lot of that was like yawn, you know, this when you could see people fidgeting in their seats and stuff. And it just it, – I think that's part of the pacing of it. It really didn't produce anything. It didn't show us anything we didn't know. Um as far as Amy Adams, I thought she was fine in the movie. They didn't give her a lot to do, but what she did have, I thought she was fine. The ending, I thought she was really good with that. Um, a little like a little heavy-handed with the whole engagement ring and everything. Yeah. Like, like really trying to hit us over like, the head. Why is with that it. there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I I thought she was fine. I thought she was believable in that. You know, so. Right. Yeah, I thought she was great, and she 
did a good job. She did what she was asked to do. I think it's uh, it's definitely no fault of her. It's just it's almost like the same argument as Henry Cavill as Superman. It's like she did what she was asked to do. The problem is with the script and the story. Yeah. Like the acting was just fine. Like like story wise, yeah, it was just this gigantic subplot just so we could be like, oh, surprise, Lex Luthor is a bad guy. Like, <laughs> and it doesn't really amount to anything or get really used or have True. a payoff of any sort. And then on the other end, like. She gets saved by Superman like three times in the movie. That's all that happens between her and Superman. It's like somebody uses her to get Superman to come <laughs> save her or something. <laughs> or 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 at the end, we need a plot device for Superman to come get the spear. So, you know, which I don't know why they weren't looking for it anyway. And they're just like fighting Doomsday and they know they need to get the spear. But oh yeah, Lois is in trouble, so I gotta save her. Oh yeah, here's the spear. So it's just kind of some weird. They just use her as a big MacGuffin for a lot of the story beats, I feel like, and they could have used her character better. I kept waiting for Aquaman to come up and go. I did, too. I'm like, yeah. seriously. like Outrageous! Pre- Here's your spear! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah for, for, how, for how much that we were all looking forward to see Aquaman in the movie, I thought I was surprised to see that The Flash got more screen time and cameo stuff than Aquaman did. Yeah. Um, before we get into the Justice League real quick, uh, Alfred Pennyworth. Um I've I've always liked Jeremy Irons. Um, I always think of him in uh, the Die Hard movie and then Scar from you know The Lion King and you know other things that he's Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but I I really enjoyed his Alfred and he had that animated series you know little quip to him and uh, would call call Bruce out you know saying new rules and Bruce just saying no it's you know, it's the same. You know, you pull one weed and, you know, one more grows. And it, Alfred's trying to, you know, submissively say, like, okay, I, I'm I'm just pointing this out to you, but has no problem, uh, you know, telling Bruce what he needs to hear. And also, he can do stuff. You know, he's working on the car. He's doing the gadgets. I, I got a chuckle hearing him test out the, uh, you know, voice modulator. <laughs> Um, I I enjoyed his performance and like Terrence I think you said it too I I wanted more of that and more of that you know it, it makes me excited for a standalone uh, Batman movie uh, Terrence yeah there was like one scene he's in like uh, mechanic overalls and he's like building either the Batmobile or the Bat uh, wing and then he just like turns around and he's got a tray of food right, and serves it I'm like oh, this guy does everything I'm like <laughs> he works hard there, there should have been an Alfred like workout montage scene like with the Batman <laughs> you know because this guy's but you know um and, and not to side rail because I, I want to hear what Ryan thinks of Alfred too. But I, I, what happened to Wayne Manor? Did I miss that or, I, or is no? It it's not just burned up for some reason. Okay, I, I want right. to get into that uh, towards the tail end. Okay, all right, Ryan. Oh yeah, so I thought Alfred was awesome. I thought he was like a pitch. And Jeremy Irons was just so pitch perfect. I thought, and it's again like the, look at the, some of the recent casting stuff. Like uh, like we know we're getting um, uh, what's his name. For uh, Commissioner Gordon. Oh, um, uh, Spider-Man. Um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Since we know we're getting uh, J.K. Simmons for Commissioner Gordon, I, I, it was the same kind of casting when he first announced. I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. So my first choice, like I would thought, oh, he could be like a cool racial goal or something like that. But, but Alfred, okay, that could work really good. So, um, so. I thought he was just really great in the film, and I thought characterization-wise, he seemed to me like he was a good blend between um, like the animated series Alfred and the Earth One Alfred. They took a lot of the the more hard-edged elements that 
weren't, quote, my Alfred from the Earth-1, uh, but they took some of the cool elements from both of those and made it a really cool interpretation. And every scene he was in was great, you know, and he always provided nice little moments of levity and everything like that. All the cool lines he had uh, always had the theater I was in for most every screening. Just They were just really down with his Alfred, mm-hmm. you know. And I like some of the scenes, too, like when they're... um. When Bruce is investigating uh, the ship and everything, and they're and uh, Alfred's just has sitting in the chair, he has like a blanket on, and, <laughs> and Bruce ha- and Bruce hands him uh, like a like a tea or something like that. I thought that was really cool. There's a lot of good elements with between uh, Bruce and Alfred, and I thought that that really worked. And along with you know Alf like is Batman, just Alfred really really worked, really helped support uh, Alfred's characterization of Batman too. And uh, I liked the uh, line with as Alfred's cleaning up from uh, <laughs> Bruce's one night stand and is grabbing a uh, you know bottle and says, "I would hate to think that the heirs of uh, the Wayne family are going to get an empty wine cellar as if there's going to be an heir." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that little part of me goes, "Damien." <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, the last thing I uh, one of the last things I want to hit on here real quick. Uh, we talked about it with the Justice League. Um, I liked that that it was Wonder Woman going through uh, the little uh, blurbs of uh, you know seeing the Flash and Cyborg and Aquaman. Um, <laughs> Flash should have got an action figure or something. Um, he had a speaking part, and then we get to see his little. Uh, blurb cyborg uh, got a lot more than I thought he was gonna get, and actually, uh, the actor's name escapes me. Who is playing uh, his dad? Um, so I didn't think we were gonna see any dialogue there, and it was cool to kind of see the mother box, you know, pulsating there. But uh, like we've said a couple times in the podcast, that you know, there's an Aquaman action figure, and uh, you know, vinyl pop figures, and you know, we get that Unite the Seven poster, and it's cool to see him kind of like break the sound barrier in the water, but that was it. So, uh, you know, I liked all those, uh, little, little bits. I know some people have said, Oh, we didn't need that in this film. I, I liked seeing it. So I just kind of want to throw it out to you guys real quick. What'd you guys think of the, um, the quote unquote introduction of the first part of the justice league? Terrence, you know, I've heard a lot of people, uh, criticize it saying, Oh, they should have done what Marvel did. Well, they don't have the time and they don't have five movies to do what Marvel did. They've got to do, you know, they've got to do this quick. So I felt for for what it, you know, what it is and the time constraints they are and how much they wanted to do in this movie, it I had no problem with it other than I would have liked a little more f- from each one. Um, I was I couldn't believe we saw the mother box. I was like, and I was in the theater and I'm like, it's a mother box. And <laughs> my friend who I was with, who who's a big comic book fan he's like yeah i know you know but i got like really excited my my kids did not like the flash though because they are huge fans of the flash tv show so to see this another guy who who looks very different you know he just um his features and his coloring and everything his hair and all look a lot different than you know the guy who plays him on the tv show so they were like that's not the flash that's the you know they so they were put (laughs) off by the flash um i don't think this I don't think it would make anyone really say, oh, I've got to see the Cyborg movie now. Oh, I've got to see the Flash movie now. Mm -hmm. But uh, hopefully Justice League will do that and um, 
considering how this movie ended and how it's set up with Batman kind of saying, like, I've got to find the, them and I've got to, you know, uh, do better. I, I thought it was I thought it worked pretty good for the movie. And, you know, the thing is, if you, de- you derailed the movie and spent 20 minutes on each one or something like that, then it, it would have it, it could have made the movie a big mess. Um, so maybe in the extended cut, we'll get a little bit more stuff. But um, as far as being a comic book fan, it was pretty awesome. Right. Yeah, I think we will get more st- of that kind of stuff in the extended cut. Um, but and I did like the clips in the film, but I really did not like the way that it was integrated into the film because the, <laughs> the way where they decided to put that whole montage was like before the the Batman versus Superman fight starts. So like you can hear me on the latest BOF podcast, like Batman comes in, he turns on the bat signal and he's like, okay, let's do this thing. Let's start this fight. And so, and then you wait like 11 and a half minutes before the fight actually starts because you have to, you know, do a whole, have a whole bunch of scenes with, with Lex and Superman and Lois. But then it also cuts to, you know, Diana and you, she, and she watches all these videos and we're still waiting for the fight to start. And I hated the, I hated the way that they, edited that and and put that in the middle and slowed it. It's just slowed it down so much. You know, I thought that they could have, that thing could have been moved. Yeah. The video thing is kind of, kind of interesting. I still feel like they could have found a better way to integrate those characters. Like they could have, there's a lot of things, other things they could have done. I think that would have, uh, made it a little bit more successful. The clips were interesting and cool, but overall, you know, Cyborg is cool, and uh, Aquaman is really interesting. I really like the way that his, you know, you see his eyes in the water. That that yeah. was really cool to me. I thought I think um, that's one of the. If I, out of all the other Justice League members, I'm really excited about Aquaman's movie because it's. I think that's it has a lot of potential. Um, yeah. I I really did not like the Flash, the way he looked, the way he acted, the way he sounded. I didn't like any of it. It just. The way you see him after the nightmare sequence, uh, he's just in this strange armor. And even one of my best friends, who's like as big as a, of a comic book fan as me, uh, he was like, "Who was that?" I was like, "Oh, that's the Flash." And he he didn't even know it was the Flash because I just think they, they just it was just really confusing. Uh, and I didn't like his Zorro esque facial hair and his yeah. accent and stuff. It just did not feel like the Flash at all to me. Like even like before. When like Gal Gadot was cast and everything, everybody complained like, "Oh, she's not gonna feel like Wonder Woman." But I, I felt like it was gonna be fine in the film, and it was. Uh, and I, I did not feel that way with Ezra Miller. I was just like, I don't see how. Well, I guess I'll give him a shot, and I'll see if they can convince me in the film. But what I saw in this film, I was just like, it does not feel like the Flash to me. So, oh, I liked some of the others. I liked that they did introduce some Justice League stuff, but I felt like it could have been integrated better, and I just didn't like the flash at all yeah i recent photos of ezra milanaro he's clean shaven his hair's cut short i feel mm. like he had another project like okay i'll do a cameo but i'm not going to cut my hair and i'm not going to shave so you wow. get that version of him and then now that they're getting ready to hopefully start shooting in 12 days i think <laughs> I um so. which i mean we could the podcast will go on a lot longer if we <laughs> go down that road. Um, but, uh, you know, it looks like he's he's ready to go and clean shave. I'm like, why didn't you do that for for this film? But seeing how that it was done, you know, 
a year and a half ago, I'm sure he had other projects going on, but I, I don't know. I would have probably given the, the spoken line to Aquaman or, or somebody else, but, um, a friend of mine's like, well, maybe it's a suit that he has to wear to time travel or, or do whatever. But I'm like, it's the flash. He can just yeah, that's the thing. It's do like, that on his own. If they didn't want to show his, like if, if he wasn't going to be able to look the way they wanted him to look like, keep him in the armor that you already put him in and just have his voice come out or something and make it really apparent. It's like, this is the flash in some kind of armor and just have his voice. Yeah. yeah it was kind of weird. Uh, one of the last things I want to talk about, we didn't talk much about the uh, Batman versus Superman fight, and I think going into the film, a lot of people thought we were going to get that classic line from uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Um, I'm kind of glad we didn't get the line, because I think it would have been out of context in the film, because then that would have put, like, there's history behind that line in the book. Uh, one of my friends was like, Oh, we didn't get to hear that line. And I'm like, there's history behind that line. And here it's like the history is like 12 minutes long. Are you talking about the the one man who beat you? Yeah, the one man okay. who beat you. Yeah. So I was kind of waiting for it when he had his uh, boot uh, on his throat. Uh, but the one thing I did want to talk about real quick before we get to my last point um, is the Martha line. Did that work for you guys in the theater or – were you like, yeah, there could have been another way. I I think it, it humanized the Superman character for Bruce because he has the line on top of the building, like, you know, this is what it takes to be a man. Men are brave. You're not brave. The reason he was going out wanting to go had resigned the fact that he's going to kill Superman is because he's an alien. He's not a man. He's not one of us. And a buddy of mine's like, if you had your throat on my foot, and I, I would not say... Go get Susie. I would have said my mom. And I'm like, suspension of disbelief. Their mothers are the same. So was it, did Superman say that on purpose because he knows Bruce's mother is named Martha? Um, I thought it worked for me because in that moment, Batman knows his whole history catches up with him. Like, I'm going to kill somebody that has a mother. This isn't the alien that I thought it was. So I just kind of want to throw that out to you guys real quick. Terrence? Yeah, I thought it worked really great. And like in my original premise, if Superman had thought Batman had actually kidnapped his mother, it still would have worked because he would have, could have said, like, please don't kill Martha. Um, I, I thought it worked really great. I thought Lois Lane coming in and seeing, like, it's his mother. And he's like, why did you say that? And, you know, that humanizing him he can't kill him um the only thing i didn't like as i i didn't i didn't think we needed a flashback to martha wayne's grave and say like see look same mother same mother see in case you forgot in the last two hours like i i, I would have liked it if they didn't do that and then people who were like comic book fans who just know would be like aha and maybe people who didn't catch it would catch it on the second viewing of like well why Mar- why martha and then you know oh the same you know I, I wish they would have left it a little more for that aha moment than having to like flash back to in case you forgot from two hours ago at the beginning of the movie they're both martha um here's a spoon eat it yeah exactly <laughs> um but i thought it was a good way because as they were fighting you know the fight's great i love how ben affleck is like every time he like takes a hit is really like like Ugh, like he really like sells it like he's in pain and it's rough like that was just a great touch um and the the fight I thought it was paced really well it wasn't too long like I thought the Zod Superman fight and Man of Steel just went on for way too long and this I thought was a really good time um mm. 
but um the um uh what was i gonna say so yeah so so but i did as they were fighting i'm like how is this going to end how are they going to end it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i thought you know all things considered that was that was a pretty decent way to end it ryan i i loved it i thought it was so clever and you know i always I, i was wondering too before the you know for a long time, how, how are they going to end the fight? Because I know there's more stuff after it, and I, I I couldn't have been happier with what they did, honestly. Um, and it gave a re- a good reason for why they had the the intro to the movie the way they had it. And I, I like I like the I do like the pause that they do when they go back and say, "Oh yeah, don't you remember? It? Yeah, their mom's names are the same." I like that the pause is there because it does clarify it for the general audience, and and for me, it gave me time to let the emotional weight of that moment really sink in and make an impact on me. Like I, in, in the theater, I really, honestly, I really felt that that impact. And, uh, it was one of those things that's been in front of you the whole time. And then it was just such a nice emotional moment. And I, I thought it really worked and I'm really glad that they, they did that. And, um, it's going to be interesting because I want to see if, if it passes the dad, the dad test, like, (laughs) <laughs> uh, when I when I watch this with my dad, I want to see if he, if he picks up on it and, and it makes sense to him, and it and see what his reaction t- to that particular moment is going to be. I'm excited about that. Um, I heard heard reviews that there's a moment between Batman and Superman that, that'll <laughs> yeah. it'll tear up and, and and choke a grown man. And I've I've got to say, uh, seeing mm-hmm. Ben act in that scene, he in that moment, he I looked like he was going through the thoughts of like, what was I about to do? I was going to kill somebody. And then I th- that's where I start giving the pass for him killing people or inadvertently yeah. killing people because he's trying to save Martha, something yep. that he probably wished as a 10-year-old boy that he wished he could do. And he even tells Superman, tonight Martha will not die, and he's just hell-bent, snapping necks, pile-driving guys into boxes in the middle of the room. <laughs> so I, 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 I wanted my video game controller because I've played that sequence in Arkham Knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, the, the, sec- the second he says – and that's the thing, too, the, that pause where they show the stuff. The second Bruce says – the second Batman says, why did you say that name? The ver- first time, I instantly knew – Oh, this is what they're doing with this. Oh, that's gonna. This is gonna be so good. I I can't believe they did it. So, just letting that emotional moment sink in. I just thought it's a great a great way to end a fight with a nice emotional moment. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And just to clarify too on what Ryan said there, like I I liked the pause and I liked the flashback to her. I, it was more the the scene of her tombstone or i guess it's not a tumor or sure. whatever hers yeah. uh, focused on her name is what kind of got mm-hmm. me a little bit of like as you know you said spooning it to the audience but i i the the pause and flashback of you know martha herself i thought was actually good and like you said it's a really good emotional moment i wasn't too keen though before the fight also because i want the fight having just the way superman reacted to the pictures of his mother and getting on his knees and then Ooh, lex Luthor yeah, like yeah. rubbing his head and so that that was i don't know that just it, it it didn't sit right with me i yeah i don't know it was just strange i i guess well i know the uh the show's going on we're right about uh an hour and 30 minutes of recording time i think there's so much more we could talk about since this is robin everyone loves the drake i do want to bring up one rumor that i heard and terrence mentioned it about wayne manor like why what is the event i 
can't believe at some point Bruce is like, this house is just too big. I'm tired of cleaning it. Let's just go. Like something happened to Wayne Manor. Something. You get the feeling that in the movie when Bruce is going into Wayne Manor, it I get the feeling like it's the first time he's been there in quite a while, and in that particular room looks really char or charged, mm. charred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why is he there? At a, that? Yeah. A theory that I have read a couple different times, if you look at Death in the Family, instead of Jason Todd being killed across you know, the other side of the world, if it is Jason Todd or whoever, what if that happened in Wayne Manor? And that is where his partner died. And the building's burned, and that's why the Robin costume looks all charred and beat up and all that type of stuff. So what if that is the location of that and Bruce could not physically even rebuild it, just let it go? So um, I don't know if you guys had heard that rumor at all. This was like a week before the movie came out. And I think of some of the initial press screenings or um, I can't remember. I can't even cite my source. That's so bad. But I had read it a couple different times. So had you guys heard anything about that? And if not, what do you think of that possible um, idea? Terrence hmm. hadn't heard it uh, would make sense. I'm, I'm hoping that sometime soon we do get an explanation as to why Wayne Manor looked that way. Ryan, I had I I don't remember where I heard it, but I also did hear that, and I thought um, I thought it makes sense. You know, it's just like um, you see in the film that this Bruce Wayne has gone through a lot of uh, emotional. Uh, moments in his life and have has had a lot of bad things happen to him you know you see it uh with the robin outfit and with the wayne manor and 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 things like that so if if those events are linked i think that would make sense um and i don't know if you guys have played some of the uh uh recent uh arkham knight like the arkham knight video game but there's there's some stuff that that makes me think about that game when you say uh you know that those those events in bbs could be related together yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I saw it in the theater, I was like, oh, Nightfall Protocol happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, and I had a geek out um, Arkham moment after the Batmobile um, has had its doors ripped off by Superman. Batman's driving the car back up, and then the pool opens up, and I'm like, that is straight out of Arkham Knight, that the Batmobile is going down through the lake, and it closes back up, and I remember tapping my wife's leg, it's like the video game, and she just looks at me, and she's like, oh my gosh, you are so simple, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was yeah. like, hmm, you know, the cars kind of sort of look similar a little bit, and so I thought that was just a, a really cool moment. But I think this is where we're going to put a pin in it. There's so much... Uh, we could uh, talk about. Uh, but uh, Ryan, I want to say a big thank you, uh, A, for stumbling on the podcast, and uh, two, uh, for joining uh, us on this uh, podcast. I've been listening to Batman on Film for a while, and uh, I enjoy what you guys are doing over there. And it, I always felt like it was one of the first legitimate Batman fan sites about movies that took uh, things very serious and... Um, you guys are not about spoilers and not about putting thing putting information out there that's not accurate just for clickbait and things like that. So uh, thank you guys for that. And uh, 
again, a big heartfelt thank you for uh, doing this uh, show with us tonight. And we would love to have you back on and maybe get you to open those uh, showcase issues with us and hear that uh, story of why you have them. Maybe you could give a little tease uh, of why you uh, got those showcase issues. Oh, that's interesting. So, uh, so when you guys asked me to be on the podcast and said, you know, you've got, uh, you're going to do the showcase issues. I was like, oh man, I think I have those. And I, fa- I found one and then I had a whole bunch of comics to organize because I just moved up, up here to Illinois from North Carolina. And so over the last weekend I was, I organized everything and then I, I did find the other one. So I was excited about that. So, um, it's the re- maybe the, the tease about the reason why I have those is because, uh, uh, when I think about the way your podcast is set up and it follows Robin all the way through his, you know, trajectory from when he gets introduced to his entire full series, it's like, I'm doing that with another character, uh, and, um, you know, just comic book collecting wise and story wise. And, uh, and I, we can get into that, um, on the next show if I show up. Excellent. Cool. Well, uh, that's going to do it for our special edition of Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake. I wanted to call the show uh, Everyone Loves Batman vs. Superman, but I <laughs> think that might be a little heavy-handed. So uh, tune in uh, next time on the behalf of Terrence and our guest Ryan. This is Rob for Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, part of the BatmanUniverse.net. Your home for all things Batman and Robin. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all related Batman characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for your entertainment purposes. There is no money exchanging hands at any time for any reason. I can't even find a quarter underneath my keyboard. So no infringement is intended by the show. This also applies to all music and sound clips as well. So there should be no need for you to send Lex Luthor's lawyers after us. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. You can now get a hold of the show in a few different ways now. The most recent is on Twitter. We are at ELTD Podcast. You can also now get a hold of us via email. It only took me two years to get one. So if you want to email in, you can do so at Robin, ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the Batman Universe website. So email, tweet, message us. We'd love to hear from you, and we will read your comments on the air. The show that you're listening to can be found a few different ways, through iTunes, Windows Media, and over at our host site, the Batman Universe. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It will help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We will see you in a few weeks. Take care.